Have you ever finished a movie and immediately wanted more, only to find out there are no sequels? Are you, like me, desperately awaiting a sequel to the beloved 2003 classic Quigley, starring Gary Busey? Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Uh, um, that's not... Never mind. In a, in a world that is so populated by movie franchises, there are still some flicks out there that are just begging for their stories to be continued. If you feel the same way, you're in luck, dear listener. For this is Planet Fantasy, the ultimate sequel draft. to planet fantasy um we're your hosts i'm kyle i'm joined as always by by damon how's it going man good man doing great today how are you doing good man i'm, I'm excited for the pod <laughs> so uh this week we are um as you as you heard by the, the precursor um we are um talking about sequels our dream sequels you know there are so many um movie franchises out there right now but there are some beloved flicks that we've just never seen uh, a sequel to and we'd love to and so we're going to be talking about three different movies that we are going to just quickly give the the elevator pitches for and kind of describe the plots of our movies um we'll go ahead and quickly uh before we pitch the movie we'll go ahead and give some context of like the movie that um precedes it and uh just to be clear, we are also opening up. This is not just a movie that is its own thing and has no sequels. This could be a five, six, number seven in a franchise. You know, we're just doing anything we would love to see a sequel to. Um, and so that being said, as always, we're going to kick things off with uh, with a list game to figure out who's going first. Um, so, Damon, what's our list game this week? All right, everybody. So we decided for this list game, we're going to keep it pretty simple. We're going to do the ABCs of sequels. So any sequel on the board is up as long as it starts with the next letter that uh, is in the game. Kyle, you should go first. All right. So I'm going to start with um, Aliens. All right. I'm going to go Blade Runner 2049. Great movie. Um, Let's see. Tell me if this counts. Uh, Casino Royale. Uh. That's C, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, um, just making sure. Yep, I we're gonna be pretty loose with these rules. I, I feel like so. Um, so I'm D, so I'm gonna go the descent two. Nice. Um, let's see. Oh. Oh. Five seconds. <laughs> Three, and I'm out. Oh my oh. gosh, my mind just went blank on that letter. <laughs> you know what? I'm thinking myself, and I'm like, "There's no Encino Man two. There's no Ella Enchanted two. There's no Evil. Is there something Evil two? There has to be. Uh, oh, Evil Dead two. God oh. damn it! Oh my god, that's funny. Wow. 
I thought Enchanted too, but that's still something that has not been made. Might maybe it'll show up on one of our lists. I don't know, but uh, yeah, that's that's crazy. I don't know if I would have thought of one either. So <laughs> we did not go far. Everyone's laughing at us. We'll do right. better, everybody. I swear. <laughs> um. So okay, that means I get to pick. Yes. So I'll go first. I'll just get, go ahead and get my first pick out the way. Um. And then you can get the uh, the two in a row. All right. Can't argue with that. All right. So when we talked about doing this, uh, we were like, let's do dream sequels, you know, movies that maybe have a couple sequels or have never had one. And we just would love to see something else from that movie or that franchise um, or that even that director, that writer. Um, And I was thinking everywhere. I had a lot of different ideas on my list, like right away. I was just kind of throwing ideas on the board, taking them down as new ones came up. Um, It was really hard to uh, really narrow it down to three. Did you have a part-time career? Okay. Yes, absolutely. So I decided to go fairly um, fun, you know, very simple, but really fun and uh, energetic sequels that I think would be really fun and exciting to see that I personally would love to see. So the first one I'm going to go with is going to be Super Dad. I love it. <laughs> a sequel to one of my favorite comedies, uh, Super Bad, which I talked extensively about before. Uh, it's just a classic in my eyes. I mean, uh, it really... Sh- I mean, it was a really coming-of-age story at when I was personally coming of age. So now, as I'm about to hit my 30s, I really want to see something similar from Seth uh, Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Um, I want to see the script that they can put down for a movie with pretty much the simple idea that they're old now. You know, they are probably married with kids or, you know, at least maybe one of them. Um, I didn't want to go super too heavy into the plot. I'm just thinking they're growing up. Maybe Seth is doing well as a stand-up comedian, and maybe Evan is a up-and-coming writer, and he's just trying to take care of his kids and, and do right. And maybe their paths cross on a random crazy day and just shit goes bonkers from there. Uh, you know, And I feel like it could be maybe even more of a mature tone as they are older. Um, I want to bring Judd Apatow in to direct. So, you know, I've heard a lot of good things. I still haven't seen it yet about uh, King of Staten Island, but I hear it's uh, just, you know, it's a lot more serious. And a lot of his uh, more recent movies, you know, definitely are that way. Uh, You know, a little bit more earnest, but still funny. And I want to be able to see Michael Sarah and Jonah Hill, you know, take that next step as older comedians and older actors. And I want to see the story of a friendship that's, you know, not really there anymore. They, you know, they kind of lost touch. They still say hi when they can, but they don't really ever see each other. And so I want to see how that's affected, you know, and uh, I just want to see how, how, what they can do, you know, uh, I love Michael Sarah and uh, Jonah Hill. So I need super dad. I, I think it'd be pretty funny. I love this. Um, yeah, we, we talked about Superbad quite a bit uh, before, but I I would love to see another. I mean, this this is a movie that is so iconic and is so important to the comedy genre. Um, it's just for when it came out and what it did for the genre. But um, it's actually surprising that we haven't got any even like musings or like 
uh, rumors of a, of a sequel yet. Um, but yeah, I, I think that Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah would definitely be down. It would be so fun to see them come back. Um, I love Michael Sarah, but especially Jonah Hill, you know, his last run of movies have been a little more on the dramatic side and he's gotten to kind of show how great of a dramatic actor he is. And so I think he would definitely be able to bring some of that into the role. Um, I know. Would you have Bill Hader and, and Seth Rogen come back? So I need Seth in it somehow. Cause I mean, obviously he's going to be the writer. Um, right. I feel like they would probably jump at it. That had to be some of the funnest they had on a movie set. I don't know. Like for sure. They, yeah. Those props were probably the, you know, the heat check players of the, uh, the movie, you know, they were just the scenes that they were in, they crushed it every time. Um, Got to bring them back. Got to bring McLovin back. I actually wrote down, you know, maybe <laughs> McLovin is uh, their Uber driver. <laughs> he picks them up. Maybe they, they go catch a beer and maybe something happens with Evan's kids. And so they have to catch an Uber real quick. Jonah is, I mean, Seth's like, I got, I'll go with you. And their Uber driver's freaking McLovin, you know, making a side hustle while he's, uh, I don't know, maybe he's a tech genius now. Um, I could see it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I love that. Um, th- again, this is just, it's, it seems like a, a no-brainer. Like, I'm, I'm surprised, truly surprised they have not made this yet. But, uh, yeah, would love to see this. That's a great first pick. Thank you. I mean, I think the problem main, mainly, like you said, Jonah Hill's, you know, really gone fairly dramatic lately. And he's really become a, a directorial, you know, power. I really want to see more movies of him uh, behind the chair and, and really want to see his uh, vision out there. Um mm. Yeah. But but I think him and Michael Sarah is maybe one of my favorite comedic pairings in like a long, long time. For so sure. if I can get that again, I'll I'll pay for it over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All so right. Kyle, what's your first pick? Yes. So um for my first pick, I'm gonna go ahead and roll with one. Uh if you've been listening to this podcast, this is what, like our eighth or ninth episode. I'm pretty sure I've referenced this trilogy and probably every episode even if it's not relevant to what we're talking about um it's no secret i'm a huge uh sam raimi fan and a spider-man fan so i gotta go with uh with a spider-man 4 um spider-man 4 i I mean this is one you know that was actually it was in uh, it was planned it was in development um i think it was partially written by sam and his his brother alvin um or ivan and then obviously spider-man 3 happened and regardless of how you feel about it everyone knows it just absolutely tanked and kind of killed the hopes of 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 a sequel um and so i think now especially with you know dr strange and the multiverse of madness coming out and it's being directed by sam raimi i think there is a possibility of seeing toby Maguire come back in some way um that's really exciting to me, but I just, even if that's not the case, I would just somehow love to see them make uh, a Spider-Man four. Um, and this is in real time. This would come out, you know, this year or next year. So he's, uh, he's grown up. He's practically the, the Peter Parker from uh, into the Spider-Verse at this point. Um, and I would love to see, so I'm taking some details from what they had written already. Basically they had, um, they had uh, Adrian Toomes or the Vulture as uh, the villain. Um, now we got to see Michael Keaton's take on that character in Homecoming, which I absolutely loved. Um, this would be, uh, you know, a Vulture that is 
he and Spider-Man have been at it and fighting for a long time now. So basically I'm taking, again, this is Tobey Maguire's Peter aged up in real time. So he's an older Spider-Man kind of at the, I wouldn't say tail end, but he's been working as Spider-Man for a really long time now. Um, he's married to Mary Jane. They have kids. And uh, I just think that not a lot, we have seen this kind of happen more recently, but not a lot of superhero movies deal with like getting older um and you know in the comic books it's like the characters never age and so i think it'd be really interesting to see a superhero like in his mid 40s and like struggling to you know kind of like the incredibles like struggling to still kind of stay in shape and uh uh like he's still fighting all these villains and but also deal with being married and having kids and you could say going through like a midlife crisis. So I would I'd bring Sam Raimi back. So we would still have that great uh, throwback kind of tone. It's very kind of corny, but very earnest and sincere. Um, obviously I'd bring back all the original actors. Um, you can't have these movies without JK Simmons. And so he'd be back as, as Jay Jonah. Um, I would, uh, you know, it, also I added a detail that in this movie, since Spider-Man three, um at some point aunt may has passed away uh similar to kind of the jump from rocky five to rocky balboa with adrian passing away um you could get some really nice scenes of peter going to see you know her and ben at the cemetery um she was such an important character in those movies she really was the heart of them in a lot of ways and so um with her being gone you could have pete kind of struggling with that too and not having that in his life anymore Obviously, we lost Harry in Spider-Man 3. So this is a character who has lost a lot of people at this point in his life. Um, and if they wanted to you know, tie it into the MCU, it would be really fun to see him play off of Tom Holland. And Tom Holland's a very new Peter. And so very similar to you know, Into the Spider-Verse with Peter and Miles. So you could have that kind of dynamic. But really, I just think this would be... Um, a send off to this character who I just, I love so much. Um, I've always loved this trilogy. I love this take on the character. And he, at this point has just been through so much. And so, yeah, I'd have, you know, Vulture as the villain. Um, you could maybe t uh, bring in some side characters, but truly the, the conflict would be between the two of them. And it really would just be more than anything, kind of a, a love letter and a send off to, to this character. Okay. I, so you, you decided to go a little bit more reserved than a lot of the rumors that there was around uh, Spider-Man 4? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's definitely a smart play. I don't I don't know if that move how well that movie would have worked or exactly what would have decided to be picked and you know pick uh thrown out when it actually, you know, actually hit the table as a script and, and started getting filmed. Um and you're so you're gonna go with the vulture. Um so I, I think seeing that already in a successful adaptation, I think shows just how well it can be done. Also, I miss Toby Maguire just on, on my movie screen, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love Toby. Um, he's not my favorite Sp Spider-Man, but I, I love those movies growing up. I mean, Spider-Man is my favorite uh, superhero. So is yours. Uh, we're, we're pretty set on that. And <laughs> I, I would love to watch this movie. I wanted it to happen so bad, even after Spider-Man 3 crushed my heart in theaters. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, you know, 
I, I, I can't be mad at that at all, man. I'm happy. I'm happy you went with Spider-Man. Um, question though, you, you wouldn't want any other villains really, you know? You know, I, I want to, it's tough because I know that there's so much more to more to explore still. What I really love about the Tom Holland movies is they've already gotten two of the villains out of the way that I've wanted to see the most with, you know, Vulture and Mysterio. Um, and obviously one of the big problems with Spider-Man three was kind of like too many villains. And so same with amazing Spider-Man two. And so, um, yeah, I would have the Vulture be like the main villain. Maybe I would throw in like shocker in the beginning. Um, if you remember back in the day on the PS2, I remember the the first game, like the tie-in with the first movie, had Shocker as one of the first bosses, and he was super fun to fight. Um, but so maybe I would have him early on in the film. Um, but I think it would be interesting to see Vulture, and especially so they were going to go with John Malkovich, which I think would be an incredible pick for the Vulture. Um, again, this is an aged-up Vulture, just like it's an aged-up Peter. Um, and I think I would go, you know, like I said, Michael Keaton was just incredible as a vulture. Um, you know, his motivation was really tied to um, getting revenge and tied to Tony Stark. But with uh, with this vulture, it would be just a career criminal who is like kind of at the end of his life. And he kind of learns that he just like has wasted his life and he doesn't really he's lost his, you know, you could say he's either divorced or like lost his wife, his kids don't speak to him. And so he and Spider-Man are still fighting because he basically, all he has left is crime. Like that's his, that's the rest of his life now. And so um, I would really focus on a singular kind of conflict between, between the two of them. But yeah, I'd love to see some cameos from, you know, shock. And again, this is a Spider-Man who's been at it for years now. So I'm sure he's faced so many different villains. Um, Another another direction you could go would be maybe maybe Craven. I think that would more lean towards like the idea of killing Pete off, but with you know the Craven's last time storyline. Um, but either way, I think it would just be really fun to see this kind of singular conflict between the two of these characters. I can't be mad. I love the Vulture. That was my favorite level on Spider Man Two on the PS Two. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so hard. <laughs> Oh, extreme. I really can't even remember if I ever finished that game because of the Vulture <laughs> level. Um, I, I end up rage quitting a lot of games. Uh, really bad. <laughs> really bad habit. Uh, but anyways, you know, I was going to say Craven was going to be my suggestion for the other, you know, maybe even a, a duo of two, you know, trying to like incredible. Yeah. Off each other trying to capture uh, Peter. But I love this pick, man. Uh, Hit me with your second one. Throw, throw some more fire out there. All right. Um, so for number two, I'm going to go with one. You know, Spider-Man 4 is like just me bringing back a beloved kind of thing from my childhood. Um, this one is a movie that uh, it's a pretty recent movie. It came out in 2016. And uh, I just I'm really like almost disappointed that there's been no talk as far as I know of a sequel it's just a really fun, energetic kind of movie and very much like a, a very different tone than what we've seen in a while. So I'm going with the nice guys. Um, came out in 2016. If you haven't seen it, it stars uh, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. They play. Um, so Russell Crowe is kind of like a down on his luck private investigator in the seventies. And, he, uh, or I believe 
Ryan Gosling who plays that. I can't remember. They're both kind of in the same line of work, but I think they're more clear about saying Ryan Gosling is the PI. And then Russell Crowe is more like a uh, like an enforcer. He's just hired to do things. Um, but they're both kind of in that realm, and they're both hired to figure out what happened to this missing um, porn star. She was uh, found killed. And essentially it's the seventies kind of Hollywood. So it's a very much a throwback to that era. Um, you know, it's directed by Shane Black who did the, the lethal weapon movies and uh, kiss, kiss, bang, bang. He did Iron Man three. So, I mean, just saying his name should kind of give you an idea of the feel this movie has. Um, it's just a really, really fun movie. Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling are incredible together. Ryan Gosling, his comedic performance in this movie is like, it reminded me of Charlie Chaplin. It's so good. I mean, it's so like, it's just physical, physical comedy at its best. Um, yeah, they work so well together and it really nicely sets itself up for a sequel at the end. They end the movie, obviously by solving the case and then opening, uh, a private investigation agency called the nice guys. And so with me, with my sequel, you know, it's opening up in, uh, the eighties, well, like kind of jumping a couple years and um, we're now in New York. So the first movie was set in LA, which I think was perfect for that era, you know, seventies, excuse me, seventies LA. Um, but now we're moving on to New York and they've expanded, you know, they've had a lot of success in LA. So they've made the move to New York and starting up there and um, it's in the eighties. So there is no uh, lack of cases. <laughs> and so, they're still kind of working. The first movie really focused heavily on Ryan Gosling's character and like his dynamic with his daughter, his relationship with her and kind of went into, um, you know, in the, in the movie, his wife is not around. And so I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it, but they went into what happened with them with this movie. The focus is all on Russell Crowe because we don't really get a ton of backstory for him in the first movie. And so this is all about him why he is the way he is. You could maybe have a case be, Involved to his past, um, he is someone who is not a stranger to uh, to killing. Uh, that that's a big kind of storyline between him and Ryan Gosling's daughter. She is kind of his conscience in the first movie, and so this movie could kind of explore where that started for him. Um, you know how how young he was when he first got into the this this business or this area of work, and so um, especially in New York, you could really kind of uh la you know in the first movie is all about excess and they kind of you know, they're crashing all these <laughs> these hollywood parties and and stuff like that with new york you can have them kind of um you know really kind of like diving into like the seedy areas of new york and getting into some really really tight spots and again if you haven't seen this movie it's just it's all about style it's a very stylistic movie it would be the same with the second one. The soundtrack, I'm just thinking the soundtrack would be absolute fire. Just a bunch of bangers from the 80s. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just really, again, they would really lean heavily like the first one on the relationship between Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. I think that's the easily the biggest strength of the first movie. They are just, I mean, they're so funny together. Um, so yeah, that's my, uh, my second pick. Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe in like 80s garb is just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to see that now. Um, unfortunately, I've not seen the first one. Um, I keep meaning to. I, I always pass it on, you know, Netflix and everything. And then I end up watching the other guys all the time. Um, 
Also, a very good buddy cop movie right there, by the way. Um, But, you know, I've seen plenty of... I've seen clips of the movie, and I love Ryan Gosling. uh, Fantastic actor. Um, Everything he does... Tell me, what kind of uh, roles do they actually play exactly? Are they both kind of tough? Are you know, are they smooth? Um, so, so Russell Crowe is more like the tough guy. He it actually they meet. One of the funniest scenes is Russell Crowe is paid by someone to take Ryan Gosling off the scent of um, like this missing person, and so he visits his house and like breaks his arm. But it, it's so funny because Russell Crowe is the tough guy, and he just like slams in his door. And Ryan Gosling is basically he's just a human disaster at this point. You know, it's, he uh, is a single father. He's trying to find cases as a PI, and so he's like he's drunk, and Russell Crowe shows up. Uh, so it's a really funny scene. And then uh, you've probably seen the clip because it's the one that everyone shows from the movie. He finds him in the bathroom and like Ryan tries to like shut the stall and he tries to pull his gun out and his pants are still down. And it's just, again, like I said, it's peak physical comedy. So Ryan Gosling's the really silly character and Russell Crowe is like the, the tough guy. And so, yeah, they just, their dynamic is just, it's absolutely hilarious. Okay. Then all I can say is I definitely need to watch the first one immediately. Um, I'm sign me up for the second one. Um, I really am surprised that hasn't happened yet. When was that? 24, 13 2014 or did it he was, say 2015 uh 2016 yeah 2016 so it, it's very surprising that we haven't heard anything about it i think it was relatively successful i didn't see it when it originally came out i caught it um on hbo a couple of years later i think last year but um yeah i'm very surprised that we haven't heard anything about it shane black is kind of experiencing a lot more um fame all of a sudden uh and so yeah i'm, I'm just waiting i think this is bound to happen eventually I, I like Shane Black as well. He has a very nice kind of slick, witty, sharp t- appeal and touch to his uh, movies. Uh, I think that worked really well. I, I love that, man. Not as much as Spider-Man 4. I can't hate. You know, I can't <laughs> lie. But good, solid second choice. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. So let's uh, let's hear your second pick. Okay. My second movie. So let's set the scene, right? Uh, the movie is going to be called Genevieve. Genevieve is the story of a young girl and how one can find warmth and love in places that might not always be home, especially not home, not for Genevieve, for home is not a word associated with love, especially because she had never really had a home, not a permanent one. Being a foster child, she has been faced with apathetic social workers, numerous foster families with unique but always unsavory living conditions, and really just not a lot of friends, you know, Uh, she's lost so many through the years. Simply put, Genevieve in her 12 years of life has never seen or felt what love was. Only read about. Oh, and oh, did she read about it. The few books that she has been able to read and get her hands on over the years were read by her over and over again until she could remember every single word. It wasn't too hard either. And right up uh, to before her 13th birthday, she had memorized 15 entire books. Uh, Most of them were about family and finding new friends, and some were about adventure. Others were about fantastical words and creatures and people that inhabit them. Uh, All of it was better than anything Genevieve had had experienced. Uh, Her 13th birthday comes, and with it comes another set of foster parents. They seem nice enough at first, but Genevieve is weary. She starts getting settled into her new home and school, uh, which had already been in session for two months. Her new parents, real estate agents, did not seem to have time to take her to get what she needed beforehand. So Genevieve was uh, sent with some money 
uh, and her list to go get her supplies after school. Um, and so on her way there, she finds a little nice bookstore and she's just enamored realizing she's never been able to go in one before. Uh, she moseys on in and is just flabbergasted. Uh, she's just kind of speak speechless. She's not able to even know where to start. And so the woman from the, uh, counter comes over and walks uh, towards her and, uh, bends down and asks her if she needed any help. And so Genevieve looking down at the woman's name tag, uh, smiled and responded, I'm looking for everything, Miss Matilda. Yes. I had no idea where it was going, but I, I love where it landed. <laughs> so essentially, Genevieve, this, this foster kid, um, is in another foster family situation, and she just finds Miss Matilda, who is this super nice lady who introduces her to a world of books and, and wonder. And and I still haven't decided if Genevieve should have magical powers or anything, or if it should she should just be, you know, normal and exceptional, you know. So, but I just wanted that, that kind of feel feeling in that vibe as my elevator pitch for Genevieve. So no, I didn't even want to call it Matilda because she's going to be a supporting character in right. this story. Very it's much all about like, very much like Rocky and Creed. Uh I, I love that. I, I love the simple title. Yeah. As soon as you started pitching it, great pitch, by the way. Um, yeah. I, I, I was in, I was like, I have no idea where he's going with this. And then perfect setup. That's, that's awesome. I, um, Matilda, man. I mean, I love that movie. I, I watched that a ton growing up. It is also like shockingly holds up. I mean, I, it's a really just funny movie and it still is very funny today. Um, and man, I would just love to see where she's at now. Like what ha what has happened to her since the first movie? Um, that's awesome. I love that. I, that's that's super fun. Thank you. Like I watched, I put it on yesterday uh, while I was typing this up because I wanted just it fresh in my mind. And I I just love that movie. It makes me smile so much. Mrs. Honeycutt. Um, this is oh, oh, her her evil self. <laughs> you know, I didn't realize that was. Aunt Marge. Yeah, that's crazy, that's right? <laughs> and I'm like, wow, she plays terrible really well. Really, <laughs> uh, really impressive turn. But, you know, um, I was watching it. And I, I just want this uh, whimsy, you know, very light. And it seems like it's a fairy tale almost, but it's, you know, in real time. And I wanted to have a very nice voiceover. Um, Danny DeVito did a wonderful job at that. Um, yeah. I'm thinking Matilda should definitely do it, you know, as the voiceover yes. and just, I don't even know what else should happen in the movie, but I just, I would love that vibe in another Matilda sequel. I mean, the first Matilda sequel would just be, I think a blessing for the world. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. It's one we need. Um, again, another thing of like, I'm surprised we've never seen a sequel. Uh, the movie came out what, like in the nineties, I think 91. I believe. Yeah. I'm not wrong. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, very surprised we have not gotten this yet, but it's well overdue. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, do you have any idea of who you'd cast as, uh, as Genevieve? Um, yes, actually. I was looking at that. Um, there's this girl named Sanai Campbell. Uh, let me pull her up again real quick. Um, she's done a lot of uh, 
actor work and her young uh, childhood. She's, I believe, 13, 14 years old right now. Um, let me see her shows. And of course, I had this pulled up before and I don't anymore. <laughs> um, but she has a very uh, like wide eyes. Very, She seems very bright and happy. Um, her voice is very bubbly. But when she talks, I listen to a couple interviews uh, of her, actually, and she seems very well-spoken and thoughtful so i just think that you know having that very that innocence and that positivity would be really good i did want to go a little bit older than matilda was you know she was six and a half i believe is when yeah. uh, she said that she needed to go to school since right. they didn't take her so i want to go a little older but you know so she, this is going to have a little bit more of a mature tone but i think it would work really well um and with Sinai campbell i i think she would kill it um and I cannot find her page. Uh, I'm I'm failing at this. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. But that's that's awesome though. We would have Matilda being played by Matilda herself. Of course, uh, she did who, a wonderful job. Who I have not really seen in in much. I mean, uh, oh my god! You know, guess. I mean, I'm sure you know this. I I had no clue. Guess who directed Matilda? Um, I should know this since I. I you know I picked the movie, but who? Tell me. Uh, Danny DeVito himself. <laughs> oh wow! You know I, I I remember reading something about that. I forgot though. But Danny DeVito is amazing. Uh, I remember just reading about how he uh, actually you know helped take care of Mara Wilson during the movie. Oh, that's incredible! I yeah. love that. And uh, is it Rhea Perlman? Rhea Perlman? Yes. Yeah, Rhea. I Rhea. think they're they're married, right? Yes, they were married. Or are they still married? Um, I'm actually not sure. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, they certainly were at the time of, of filming this. Um, so Danny DeVito yeah. needs to be brought back. Um, yes. and even as a new character and be a nicer character. I like Danny. I like Danny as a nice person or as this chaotic, neutral self as Frank. <laughs> yeah. I, absolutely. We are certainly experiencing a uh, DeVito sans. I don't know. McConaughey's DeVito songs. Um, but everyone loves Danny DeVito right now, rightfully so. Um, and I would certainly love to see him in this. This is a really good call, though, because I just, yeah, I hadn't, I didn't even think about this. Matilda is one I've not even thought about in a long time, but man, now I want to revisit the movie. I mean, you could have a lot of like callbacks to the old movie. It could even be in the same town. You know, uh, Matilda could be living in that same house and just right. open up a bookstore. You could have some Trunchbull somewhere, like some Trunchbull, like second cousins, how half removed or something. Um, just <laughs> you know, some really fun stuff. It, it'll be yeah. for the kids, but we'll all go watch it for sure. <laughs> I um, love it. Thank you. So it'll be my third and last pick. Okay. Awesome. All right. So I went Super Dad. I went Genevieve, the uh, Matilda sequel. Uh, for this one, this was the one that I had thought of probably two, three years ago. This is one of my like literal dream sequels. Um, I thought of it because I love Damon Wayne's Jr. Not just because we have the same name, because I loved him as Coach on New Girl. And then yes. I most recently watched Happy Endings, where honestly, his character in that, Brad, is so much better. But I love them both. I'm not going to hate on either. Um, but even before I saw him in happy endings, I had this movie idea and I, I really love it even more. So now 
and it's an idea of major pain too. Oh my gosh. I knew we were friends. Oh my <laughs> God. This is incredible. Yes. I, that's one of my favorite movies growing up. Um, I haven't seen it in so long, so I, I can't quote it or anything. I need to buy a copy of it because I would watch it a lot. But essentially, Damon Wayans is a, a discharged Marine major. He's told he can get his job back if he trains the Junior Reserve Officers Training Corps, also known as the Green Boys, at the <laughs> uh, Virginia Military Games. It, and so he's got to train these super weak little kids uh, who are just kind of goofing around and uh, try to get them trained up in these military games. So he does that, and he's just a super like loud, aggressive Marine guy. And he's just, he's just trying to uh, train these uh, kids and it's hilarious. And he ends up falling for the uh, student counselor there, Emily. He starts bonding with one of the kids, Tiger, played by Orlando Brown, who unfortunately is not doing so well these days. Hmm. Um, And so eventually the movie ends, you know, he helps him out. He decides to stay there. She marries Emily. He adopts Tiger. And I I needed to mention that. And the movie's not ruined because I didn't ruin any of the laughter. And that's really the right. important part of that movie. Yeah. But that's going to take us to Major Pain 2. Tiger, played by Damon Wayans Jr., which <laughs> is going to be a running joke because they look a lot alike, but the fact yeah. is he's adopted in this movie. So he's Tiger, and he's not doing so well these days. He, he's... He just keeps getting fired from his jobs. He's kind of unmotivated. He's kind of just kind of depressed and down in the dumps. He doesn't really has never really figured out what he wants to do with his life. You know, Um, he kind of got away from the military stuff at like in high school and he just kind of went down a lot of dead ends. So enter his dad, Major Payne, with another offer to work at the academy. However, in order to work at the academy, in order to get the job, he's going to have to pass the academy as a student. (laughs) (laughs) And so that essentially is the plot of Major Pain, too. Oh, man. I (laughs) love this. This is my favorite pick. Uh, Yeah, Major Pain was one of my favorites growing up. I also need to buy a copy. I don't know how I don't know. I have one yet, but... um, that was one. So my dad uh, is in the Marines. And so we watched that just constantly growing up and quoted it and made fun of him behind his back. And <laughs> I mean, he, yeah, that movie, obviously my dad is not as extreme as, as major, uh, major pain, but we just, it gets a lot right about some of the extreme personalities in the military. And, oh man, one of probably one of my favorite comedic performances ever uh damon waynes and i agree damon waynes jr is also incredible i can just picture him like (laughs) screaming at the kids and new girl as coach (laughs) he really gets it from his dad like he gets the comedic timing from his dad he's he's great in that in uh new girl i have not yet seen happy endings it's on my list um watch it but yeah i hear a lot of good things um but uh yeah, this is one. Oh man, I would be first in line at the theater for this movie. Um, I love that that kind of the running joke is that they're not actually related, and he looks just like him. That's exactly. Super funny. I think that would be so good. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um, like you, you, no, really, you not? No, okay. Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> um, 
would you like other than uh obviously damon wayne would you bring back anyone else from the original uh yes um i want to make sure i get her name right but whoever played emily as long as she's available um i don't see yeah. why not uh, as long as she was down uh she was great i i loved her i would have you know thought about having orlando brown as tiger as like a supporting character but i was like once i realized orlando brown played tiger i couldn't do it um yeah he he's not going to be in a movie anytime soon so mm, yeah <laughs> you know Rob would play him um let's see who plays emily uh emily is my imdb is just failing me these, these days guys i'm tripping <laughs> I'll find it later. But, uh, you know, maybe I would bring back Bam Bam Bigelow as the huge bike. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, he, him and his bald, like the flame tattoo on his head was just so <laughs> weird, but awesome at the same time as a kid. You're like, that dude's weird and awesome. And, okay, I digress. You know, I don't know if I'd bring back anybody else. I, I don't think anyone else is super important. Maybe if you wanted to, um, bring back some of the kid actors in supporting roles or even just cameos, you know, just as a cool mm-hmm. and callback. Definitely be right. for that. But definitely the, the key would be Damon Wayans and Damon Wayans Jr. And their bond. Yeah. And for sure. And then the bond. I'd love to see him. New kids. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I would love to see him break out his, his Michael Jackson dance moves at the end. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I love this. This is a, an excellent. And actually I, I want to pick, I want to cast one more person in the movie just to bring it home. Um, as one of the kids, I want one of the kids to be Finn Wolfhard. Yes. I love it. He's <laughs> almost, honestly, he's a little too old. Almost old en- well, I was going to say he's almost old enough to probably play the same role that, um, I don't remember the actor's name, but Alex did in, in the original. Oh, uh, yeah, I could see that. That's awesome. I love that. All right. Uh, what's your last pick? Bring it on home. All right. Man, this was tough. You know, we, we talked about this a lot. We thought this would be a really fun idea. And it's interesting because I did have a lot of ideas initially, but a lot of my favorite you know properties, whether they're more than one movie or, or franchises or whatever, um, either came out, you know, in the eighties and it'd be tough to see one done now or just work so well as their own movie and don't need any sequels. Um, But this is one where I just, I recently rewatched these two movies. There's only two of them. Uh, I got an HBO max subscription and was really pleasantly surprised to see that they had these two movies on there. They're definitely a big part of my childhood. So it's a lot of nostalgia. Um, They're really goofy movies. You could, I mean, it's certainly not, the most well-made movies but i just have a really have a really special place in my heart and this franchise as a whole i just love um and so i'm gonna go with uh scooby-doo 3 this is a a sequel to um you know the the two written by uh james gunn which i did not know until recently (laughs) um this is you know the matthew lillard uh linda cardinelli version of the, the the story um and yeah, I love the first the first two movies. I just rewatched them. I think they again are not super well made movies, but they're really funny. Um, they really, I think, capture the spirit of the original uh, series really well. They're just really goofy. I think Ma- Matthew Lillard is just the perfect Shaggy. He he's just so funny as Shaggy. Really, all of them. I love Freddie Prince Jr. and um, our girl Buffy. Uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar is is great as Daphne. Um, but yeah, the first two movies are fun. Uh, 
just rewatched the second one the other night and we get a little bit of a Buffy reunion with Oz, you know, coming up as, as one of the, the side characters, I think his name's Patrick. Um, and so with this one, I am kind of adapting one of the original like car- cartoon movies, but with this cast, so this is Scooby-Doo legend of the vampire. Um, yeah. It, yeah. If, if you, anyone remembers, you know, this is one of my favorites growing up. Uh, Legend of the Vampire, uh, it was essentially, you know, we get to see them. They are on an island, I think, called Vampire Rock. Um, and, you know, they, uh, you know, in, in normal Mystery Incorporated hijinks essentially come across a uh, a vampire who's kidnapping musical acts, um, including the Hex Girls. We get to see the, you know, the famous Hex Girls. And uh, Mystery Incorporated forms their own band and essentially, you know, classic Scooby-Doo stuff happens. Um, This was a direct-to-video movie. I think that it works incredibly well. It's probably my favorite of the uh, Scooby-Doo movies. And I think it lends itself really well to a live-action adaptation. Um, I would bring back... So the first two movies, I cannot recall who directed them, but like I said, yeah, they're directed by... Or they're written by James Gunn. So this would be... This third one would be directed and written by James Gunn. Obviously, he is way more of a household name now than he was when these two came out. Um, And so I think that he has much more creative control, uh, you know, being that he has made two of the... I I would say the best MCU movies... Um, and uh, I think that his style would really lend itself well to this movie. Um, he just really gets how to write like a ragtag group of people who are really, really kind of all goofy, but also all have issues. And so this movie would not depart from kind of the, you know, the innocent tone of the first two movies, but it would, you know, I would really love to see some, the first two lean into like, very cartoonish villains, but I would love to see the vampire as like a true menacing, like kind of scary monster. I would love to see them use like practical effects and the movie would get like maybe a PG 13 rating because it would be a genuinely like scary movie at times. I think that it's fun kind of seeing that blend of like legitimately scary horror mixed with a lot of like fun laughs. Um, and so, yeah, you know, we get, you know, the classic kind of battle between this group. We get the Hex Girls showing up. Um, I don't know who I would cast as, as that band, but re- really this is just about our, our Mystery Incorporated. Um, they're a little bit older now, obviously, since the, the last movie. Um, Fred and Daphne have been together for a long time. We can kind of, you know, the first two movies focus a lot more on um, Shaggy and Scoob and Velma. Uh, especially the second one, we get Velma kind of having this relationship with um, with Patrick, played by you know Seth Green. And so with this one, we could kind of play with Fred and Daphne and their relationship and their dynamic. And uh, maybe he pops the question at the end of the movie. Uh, and uh, I will say I would not bring Scrappy Doo back uh, because fuck that guy. <laughs> um, what what I, one thing I love about the very first movie is. You know, he ends up being kind of behind everything and like they make him just as annoying as he was in the cartoons. And like, he's just the butt of the joke. And I love that. Um, yeah, Scrappy Doo is the worst. Uh, but I would uh, essentially uh, and also, too, I should know I have. So, so I would have like kind of the vampire himself 
um, as an actual monster, you know, this isn't like your classic Scooby-Doo pull the mask off at the end and he would have gotten away, away with it. If not for you meddling kids, this is a real monster. And I think that that would kind of turn, make, make the tone of the movie a shift a little bit. Cause they would really like, you know, they've never really dealt with something like that before with, with the second one. They kind of dealt with like reanimations of their classic villains, but they weren't a huge, huge threat and they were kind of at the end of the movie. And so with this, it's like, Oh, like we have to deal with a legitimate paranormal monster now. Like that's different. Um, and so uh, the vampire would be played by uh, Gary Oldman. Um, and yeah. I, I th- again, I think this would be such a weird, I just would love to see it'd be kind of like a dark comedy because, you know, he, he's played Dracula before and, uh, obviously just as an incredible actor and like seeing him kind of bring his manic energy and like bring a lot of like really, really dark sinister energy into a really lighthearted comedy would be really fun. And so it would be kind of a self-aware, like just kind of weird PG 13 James Gunn style movie that plays with the genre a lot. And, um, but more than anything, it wouldn't lose that that humorous tone because I think that's the most important thing in a Scooby Doo thing. I think that there's there's been many talks of them making like an edgy, gritty reboot of the Scooby Doo movies, and I'm like, please don't do that. Like, I understand that works for a lot of properties. It doesn't work for Scooby Doo. We need this to always just be like it, there needs to be some laughs for this to work. Um, and so, yeah, this would be just them kind of contending with uh, <laughs> Gary Oldman as the vampire uh obviously he would ham it up the guy's just incredible on everything he does um and we we get some some killer music with the hex girls and um maybe we get you know the classic what's that a whole music festival really exactly yeah you could even yeah if you want to modernize it it could be set like a music festival by vampire rock um yeah, it would just be a ton of fun and I just want to see all these actors come back as as the mystery incorporated. So you won me over as soon as you said Scooby Doo. Um I love Scooby Doo. <laughs> um always have. I saw the first one in theaters actually. Loved it. Nice. Um having not seen it in a long time, I definitely know it doesn't hold up. <laughs> like you you did. I also recently found out that James Gunn had written it and I was like, Of course I love those movies. It, like that kind of humor. Yep. Like James Gunn was part, you know, a part of our our humor growing up, and I mm-hmm. love that for him. I, I love the kind of self aware parody of how kind of the movies almost were, while also staying true to the characters. Um, yeah. So I I feel like that's going to have that same vibe. Uh, correct. Yes, for sure, absolutely. Uh, and I love that uh, the idea of uh, more diving into Daphne and Fred, especially since. Uh, Sarah Michelle Geller and Freddie Prince Jr. have been married for since that movie. Yeah, <laughs> so see that connection and that chemistry would be awesome. Now uh, I don't know if they've done anything other than Star Wars Rebels uh, together. Right. Sarah voice seventh sister. Uh, Incredible, by the way, so good. So good. Oh, okay, we have to bring up Star Wars in one in every episode. Also, <laughs> but really, Scooby Doo. Like we actually, uh, my roommate Megan loves them. Loves, loves, loves watch the we'll go back and watch the cartoons randomly like every few months and i actually watched this one uh myself for the first time actually like maybe five six months ago and i love the story it was fun i love the vampire idea but Mm. i mean come on now who are you casting as the hex girls so i mean 
it's tough because like i remember growing up like i i was like the guy who just like i love the vampire stuff so i never paid attention much to the hex girls but i love the idea of it now you know this is one that i've rewatched and kind of fell in love with the hex girls and so um just off the top of my head i think it would be fun to see a younger group kind of play off of the mystery ink because they're a little older now um i could see maybe uh like florence Pugh as one of them she's one of my favorite like current actresses um yes sign me up yep i'm down yeah right right <laughs> so i think she, she'd be great um maybe someone like uh you know emma roberts would be fun um i really love her as well uh just some people to play off of the mystery ink i think we don't need them to necessarily like have any connections with them but just these this group who like like they're just having fun with the whole time would be super super fun I don't know, man. I kind of want a Hex Girl spinoff from this movie. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you throw Florence Pugh, um, Emma Roberts, and Zendaya as the Hex Girls, mm. then... Zendaya's a perfect pick. I love that. So, I don't know. I, I, I love your movie uh, idea. I love Scooby-Doo, uh, especially with James Gunn as, as the director. I think it becomes sharper. It's going to have, it's just going to look better, especially because yeah. it's not in the 2000s. Right. <laughs> this movie look, looked harsh. They, look, they looked rough, even then. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, oh, I, I want to watch this movie, man. I, you know, I was kind of, uh, have mixed feelings about the new movie they did, the animated movie, Scoob. Because it and it was really fun. I really liked it. Um, I enjoy the voices personally. I don't have a problem with them. Um, they're different, but you have to get new voice cast at some point. Um, sure. I, now, however, I have heard you know various reports about what happened and how they didn't give them any warning or anything. Um, I love both voice casts. I don't want to hate on either, um, but I would love to see them as those characters again. I, I think Matthew Lillard would love it. He would definitely cherish that as, as a being shaggy again. Mm-hmm. And just seeing Velma and, and then Linda Cardinelli. Uh, she's amazing. I love yes. every single role I've seen her in. Um, yeah. I really like, I for you know, I watched her in that and then I realized, Oh crap. She's in this too. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, crap. Uh, I'm starting to watch a new series. Oh crap. She's in that also um fantastic great actress um now what's going to be the plot twist so i think that a lot of it will be like they're gonna you know they've been around for a long time when things start going awry with this vampire i think that they're going to be called in and they're gonna be like all right we'll unmask him it's fine and they're gonna like have kind of like a maybe an end of the first act uh or second act they have like a fight with him or whatever and get him cornered and you know, maybe like Shaggy tries to pull his mask off and they're just pulling a face. Like they realize it's, this is like a legitimate vampire. And again, like I said, like you're, you're bringing in with James Gunn, a lot of practical effects and a lot of like really pushing the PG 13 rating of like, uh, uh, like blood and stuff. So he, he's taking actual victims and like, they start to see that towards the end of the second act. So not necessarily a plot twist, but just them realizing they're super out of their depth and like they've never really taken a case on like this. And so and again, it's kind of playing with the tone like it's this is a a, a light, fun movie and it's got a ton of one liners and, you know, hijinks. But also there's a real danger going on the whole time. And that's what they kind of realize at the end of 
the second act. You know, both original movies do a great job of having that kind of second act thing thing that happens and kind of breaks the group up for a little bit, and then they kind of rally at the end. And this would be kind of the same thing, and they would just kind of realize like, wow, we we are used to unmasking people and kind of like goofy villains and this is uh way darker than we realized and so they'd have to kind of rally the hex girls would kind of be you know a part of like rallying them back together and they'd all kind of team up at the end but um not necessarily a plot twist but just like them realizing well shit like we are in out of our depths (laughs) i i love that i that might be my favorite pick of the whole draft (laughs) just of i love those movies and to be able to see a third one with that same cast and James Gunn, mm, yeah. um, I think you win. I, that's my vote. <laughs> vote you'd win with that. Um, but I want to see all these movies, man. I like especially part. Yeah. What's that? I think we knocked it out of the park this yeah, time. Man. All these movies, just like they need to be made yesterday. Uh, like I said, Major Pain Two, dude. I <laughs> would love to see that. I'm just thinking right now of all the quotes. Like my 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 siblings and I just quote this movie back and forth endlessly. Um, and Genevieve's a great call. Um, Matilda is a movie that like was iconic, and then just for some reason is not talked about much anymore. Um, such an important movie growing up for me. Uh, it. Honestly, like I discovered that movie right as I was starting to read the Harry Potter books. And so like it's a big reason why I really love like that whimsical tone and especially the first couple of Harry Potter books and the way that magic is approached in both of those stories is is I love that. Um and super good too. I mean, come on. How have they not made that yet? <laughs> that's that's wild to me. <laughs> they they're all busy. They they're all very busy people who are who's very involved. true. Um yeah. I will say um yours spider-man is one of my favorite franchises spider-man 4 i i really wanted to happen <laughs> before they they were like nah nice guys i hear is one of the like really honestly probably one of the more underrated movies of the last five years for sure um, yeah. i hate myself that i haven't seen it yet um and then scooby-doo <sighs> where are you man where where's the thing <laughs> we need it um, yeah. we need him to be eating some big ass sandwiches and some Scooby snacks and we, <laughs> we need it to be a little bit scarier. I, I, I do like that idea because I, I feel like Scooby is the perfect balance of, of spooky and funny. Uh, yeah. and if a little bit more spook is in there, I'm okay. So, right. You know, I, I love these picks a lot. Um, these yeah these are these are super fun now let me ask you a question and this is just me spitballing but uh you know speaking of like the spider-man idea i mean with we have this kind of this coming up with dr strange being directed by sam raimi and it's dealing with the multiverse what do you think is the possibility of seeing these characters again do you think he would go that direction okay so i've i i listen to a lot of podcasts especially about stuff like this i love the mcu um and, and I love new movies coming out, so I love theorizing. And so apparently what I heard is J.K. Simmons has already filmed stuff for Spider-Man 3. Oh, wow. So, yes. Right? Or maybe it's not even for Spider-Man 3. Maybe it's for Doctor Strange, uh, Madness Multiverse. Multiverse right. Madness. I said that way wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I, I've heard some different theories from everybody, but you know they're saying maybe this is going to be with the multiverse of madness, you know, somehow it's going to bring back Toby Maguire's Spider-Man, or at least for that movie. And maybe even it'll bring us some sort of 
clash of him and Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland all together in some sort of action Spider-Verse. I don't know if they'll go that far, but there are thinking maybe Tobey Maguire maybe might actually be brought in at at least for a scene or two along with like, you know, and then one theory I even heard was that JK Simmons is actually out of his universe. Like he's brought from a different universe and everything like that. It's the same JK from the Raimi verse. I'm doing a lot of different crazy theories about this. Okay. Personally, what I think is going to happen is, I think at the most, it will definitely be maybe a scene in Multiverse of Madness. I, I don't think they're going to go super... I don't think they're going to bring them back as much as I would like it. I, I just don't know if it's in their cards, you know? I don't know if they're down for it and everything and the it can work out, do it, you know? I just don't know how available everyone is. I don't know what the if there's any kind of uh, difficulties as far as the media, you know, with the mm, who, who yeah. what. Right, but if they can do it, please do some sort of bringing him back. And Andrew, I liked Andrew Garfield as Spider Man. I just think he was a bit cocky and too attractive for Peter Parker. Yeah, but Spider Man, pretty awesome, pretty awesome Spider Man. Uh, definitely also pretty old looking for for a high schooler. (laughs) He was like twenty seven, twenty eight. Yeah, but I would love to see them again in some capacity. I just don't know if it's going to happen. So I would, I, I'm going to go take my bet with just with Toby and like maybe a couple scenes and maybe multiverse of madness and maybe yeah. something like that, or maybe even WandaVision, you know, maybe we're going to get yeah. into that before. Uh, that's probably. Yeah. Cause that's the thing. Like Wanda, we have to remember Wanda is apparently playing a big part in this movie as well. And so this is honestly, I mean, I don't want to, you know, tangent a lot, but like, this is, the movie that I am really most looking forward to and most interested in of all the, all the new stuff coming from the MCU just because of the potential it has. Like I'm looking it up right now and it seems like they're going with nightmare as the villain. Um, he's a pretty obscure uh, villain in, in the Marvel Canon, but so they're going to go maybe that route and kind of introduce some more horror. I know that that was kind of their goal with the first movie. They weren't able to do a ton, but um with Sam Raimi, obviously he has some experience in the horror genre. Um, but you know, you also have, if you remember with the first Dr. Strange, we kind of left off with the cliffhanger, uh, of Baron, Baron Mordo, you know, parting ways with strange. And then he shows up in the post-credit scene and he's obviously kind of like his, his arch nemesis in the comics. And so, um, there's a lot of different ways they could go with this. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that at the most we'll get maybe a couple scenes only because this movie seems like it is going to be doing so many things um, that like, I think that it would be a disservice as much as, I mean, this is coming from me. I love, I love the Tobey Maguire movies, but I think it would be a disservice to uh, the story of Dr. Strange to like, maybe make that a primary thing. You know, like I think they're going to focus more on, uh, you know, this conflict with Nightmare and bringing Wanda in. I, I'm not sure if this or WandaVision comes first. I think WandaVision's coming first. Um, it does, yes. Okay, yeah. So I imagine the events of that will probably heavily affect D- Doctor Strange, um, which that also I am so excited for. Uh, Damon put up a like a poll or a picture of like what three would we keep out of all these upcoming things and WandaVision was definitely my first choice. Um, I, yeah, that would be... WandaVision, Green Lantern Corpse, 
uh, Moon yeah. Knight. Uh, uh, let's see. Oh man, uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. You have yeah. all the other new Loki, uh, Falcon, and Winter Soldier, and you know. Definitely WandaVision is probably the one I'm most excited for just because of what it can mean for the movies and the whole series, just everything. It, it just how important it can be. Yeah. I don't know what's and going it's going to go in some weird directions and I'm so excited for that. Yeah. The, the trailer alone. I mean, I remember they, during, I think there was a Super Bowl, uh, Disney plus did a little spot for all three of the shows for Loki um, Falcon Winter Soldier and WandaVision and just the brief stuff we saw from it I mean it looks like like you very unique and just very weird and I'm all for that I'm so here for it that's going to be just before incredible. we move away from Doctor Strange I will say I did literally just see a report that uh, Morda is supposed to be back in the next movie okay awesome that's good I was hoping they wouldn't drop that threat so that's that's awesome Okay, so before we make this into a just a rumors podcast, um, <laughs> did you have any other sequels you were really seriously considering putting on there instead of the the three you chose? Yeah, so right up, honestly, right up until the last minute, I was really juggling between. So the one I was going to go with, and be- deciding between the nice guys and this one, I was going to go with um, the man from Uncle. Uh, That's so that funny. one came That's out. Yeah, that movie came out in like 2015, I think. Mm-hmm. Another one that I'm really surprised we haven't heard any news of a sequel. Um, if you're listening, you haven't seen that. And that, that's another one's kind of flown under the radar. Please check that one out. I mean, it's such a fun movie. I, I, I love the original series back in the day, and it's a really, really fun take on it. Henry Cavill and Army Hammer are really fun together. It's That movie really is the reason that I would love to see Henry Cavill cast as the next James Bond um yes. he essentially plays like the american version of him in the movie and we all know that he actually is british and so it wouldn't be tough for him but he's just suave as a motherfucker in this movie <laughs> and uh yeah he army, army hammer it's interesting too seeing you know superman play off of the guy who could have been batman like army hammer was like the front runner to play batman for the longest time and hey, he does kind of play the yeah, captain america also a couple times oh interesting yeah that that would be very interesting. I love Army Hammer. Um, he is like the Russian kind of tough guy in the movie. And yeah, the way they play off each other is super funny. Um, it's a fun throwback. It's set in the seventies as well. So that was one I went back and forth between, but the nice guys has just left more of an impression on me. It's just such a fun movie. Um, but yeah, uh, what about you? Did you have any kind of picks you were going to go with? Oh yeah. Be- before I do, I, I want to say funny. You-, you say you want Henry Cavill Cap- Cavill. I think it's yeah, Cavill. Be uh, the new James Bond, because I, I was going to say, I, I think he's ascending into being the next action star. Like, yes. he is right there with, with the Witcher. Mm. And if he can just keep that momentum going and then grab, if he could grab James Bond, that would just, that would get him. He, he would be there. Um, yeah. I would love that. I, I love the guy. He, he's so charming. Um, he is. I kind of feel bad for him with like the DC movies because I I think he's great as Superman. I just think that he suffered from uh, not great writing. But I honestly think if he's done with that universe, that's the best thing that could happen to him. Because I agree, he is right on the edge of kind of breaking out as the next action star. And The Witcher is certainly a big part of that. Um, He was great in the last Mission Impossible movie. But yeah. Watch that today, by the way. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Talk about great sequels. I mean, that's 
It's a phenomenal movie. That's what I was going to say if we got to the M. <laughs> oh, yeah. There and you I, go. You got plenty you can do with that one. <laughs> okay. But, okay. So, the one main sequel I wanted to mention, and I literally wrote it down as my first choice and actually started typing it up and prepping. And I was just like, I just can't come up with something that makes sense. And, and I didn't want to throw something out there and be like, this movie needs to happen, but I have no idea at all what this, what the plot would be because I don't, I really have no idea, but it would be South Park two. Nice. Like I wanted this for probably the last six, seven years. And it, like yeah. with each passing year, it just makes it even better for a movie. Like with the crazier shit that's happening. Um, right. Of course, that's the only problem. I don't really know what they would do with all the shit they've done in the in the show. How do you bring it up to a level that it's movie worthy? You know, mm-hmm. um, that's what Trey and Matt's for. That that would be they would do it. I'm sure they thought about it. Um, but I, I would love to see it at least before they they stop. Like that could be the very last thing the thing they do at South Park. Just another movie close it out you know yeah right uh i would love that i uh you know bigger longer and uncut it's crazy to think that it came out in 99 like it really does not feel like it's been that long um but yeah i mean this is you know south park i i have a not a love-hate relationship with i certainly think it's it's declining quality the last couple of years, but um, you're right. They have no shortage of material. <laughs> I mean, we're essentially living in South park at this point. Um, 2020 could just be the subtitle. It could just be called South park 2020. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they have no shortage of material to cover. Uh, and I do agree that that could be a fun way to bookend kind of the, the series. Uh, it's running on, I don't know how many seasons now, and I think it's time to kind of say goodbye to that. Um, and this would be a really fun way to do that. Uh, I'm sure Trey and Matt would come up with a really fun story. Uh, I love the video games as well. And that's kind of the video games to me are proof more than the series last couple seasons that they still have like a lot of great ideas. And so um, this would be super, super fun. Okay. You know, yeah. Be fun. That I just with. South Park. Cartman must die. Uh, Scott Tannerman, Butters, um, the 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 guy who's uh oh Mimsy Mimsy and the his friend. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You get all the people who just have an agenda with Cartman, and they join up and and pretty much it's like a Sinister Six parody, <laughs> trying to come up and stop Cartman, and. <laughs> You can just run with that however you want to. Carmen can end up being the coon, uh, tons of adventure and craziness. And also, I did want to say my one idea I really wanted to do with South Park 2, if I did uh, write it down, was bring in Chef's son and have him be a new member of the crew. Yes. Oh, my God. That would be incredible. And I need. They, yeah. I think they need to do that in the show regardless. I, I like this mm-hmm. chef. And if you could have some sort of connection to him without it being anything to do with him, really – because yeah. he could be like, yeah, fuck that dude. Then, uh, <laughs> then it'd be great. Yeah, I, um, I agree. Um, this would be super fun. I lo- I really love that idea of them all teaming up against Eric Hartman. You could do it like really funny, like the Scott Pilgrim with all the ex boyfriends, <laughs> which I I watched by the way after our film festival draft. I uh, Damon convinced me to watch that movie. It is phenomenal. That movie is incredible. Uh, I love it. Um, 
yeah this was fun man i think we pitched some some really really great sequels uh i would love to see all of these i'd love to see the hypothetical ones <laughs> uh some of these are probably still possibilities um i think super bad 2 is probably the one that i i can see certainly happening soon um like you said they're all really busy and they've all kind of just blown up since this movie came out especially like bill Hader and jonah hill but I can definitely, I think they would all be down to do another one, especially Judd Apatow. I think, yeah, he, I haven't gotten to see King of Staten Island yet, but I, he has not like lost his touch whatsoever. He's, he's still a great director. Um, so yeah, just bring me all of these sequels tomorrow. Listening, <laughs> who is in the film business, uh, please make these happen somehow. <laughs> Yes, please. Uh, so that would uh, conclude our dream sequels draft. And uh, did you want to tease them with what we have planned for next week, Kyle? Yes, absolutely. So, um, you know, we, we love our guests. We just have so much fun with our guests. We had Ryan on last episode and had a ton of fun with him talking some Star Wars. Next week, I think, really epitomizes what this podcast is about. It's about, like, those discussions you have when you're a kid of, like, well, who would win the fight between this and this? And we're doing a Ninja Turtles pod. Uh, we're talking about repairing. We're essentially team or um, uh, putting a pitting a, t- a turtle against someone else in pop culture. Um, and we, our guest is going to be um, one of our, our fearless admins from uh, from the Facebook group, Chris Tyler, Christopher Tyler. Um, I'll have to make sure he he is cool with going by either of those, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, we are super excited. Um, Chris is just, uh, he's really great about engagement in the group. He's been doing a really fun 30 day challenge with game of Thrones. Um, it's about to wrap up, but he, yeah, we're, we're really excited. I think, uh, I've not talked to him a lot about the Ninja Turtles, but I think in passing, I've seen that he's a huge fan. Huge. Yes, very much. So, um, very excited. He knows way more than I do. And I, I love me some turtles. Those are some of my favorite (laughs) movies. Uh, not the Michael Bay ones. No, no. Well, very excited for this one. Like you said, this is going to be very unique, and we can talk about just a wider array of different uh, characters in this. And we get to talk about the turtles. So I am amped. I am ready. Yes, one hundred percent. This is another one. I mean, not to harp on it because we already made some great picks. This could have been another one we picked to. I mean, give us a Ninja Turtle sequel. You can act like the Michael Bay ones never came out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that one's not as bad as, as some people make it out to be, but it wasn't very good either. I, I will say. No. Uh, but before we go everyone uh just like always if you have any questions comments criticisms ideas for future shows if you want to be a guest and know your shit let us know just send us some email and some feedback at planet fantasy podcast at gmail.com we are still in the process of setting up uh, other options such as twitter discord and facebook so uh just bear with us and we'll get those out there shortly uh kyle any last words Nope, just thanks for listening as always, guys. This is a ton of fun. And uh, come back next time for some turtle talk. <laughs> Turtles in a half show. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.